Hello, everybody. Thank you for attending um, this podcast and cluing in and maybe even thinking about asking some questions for us later on. Um, I'm here with um, Pam and um, she's going to tell you in a few minutes what she does and um, this is not working. And um, anyway, let's just run with it. So she's going to tell us a little bit more what she does and what kind of problems she solves. And I'm really looking forward to hearing her talk and sharing all, all her ex neat experiences. So um, welcome, Pam, and thank you for joining me at the um, Create a Legacy podcast series or show, whatever you want to call it. So welcome. Thank you. So I, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say about um, what you do and some of the horrors or some of the fun experiences you've had. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because some of the horrors are what got me here. I think from trauma comes meaning, right? So, right. So there's really nothing uh, that I look back on with regret, but yeah, uh, I, I actually have the luxury of working at the intersection of business and behaviors mm -hmm. because I used to be a banker okay. and then, you know, child of the eighties, we were going to yep. it all and bonfire the vanities and all that. And, uh, or, you know, graduated undergrad in the eighties. And since then, I found my way over into my grad studies are in, in psychology, corporate behaviors and, and mm -hmm. positive psychology. And I really wanted to understand how people could be themselves at work. It just right. seems so obvious to me that that would be a, a goal, but it was much harder. The path was just an interesting, uh, a lot of buzzwords and and idealistic hopes and dreams that I thought really you know so so I I set out to find what well-being in the workplace would look like and after looking at engagement and culture and all these other buzzwords right I, I found my way to inclusion and mm -hmm. the idea that inclusion meant that you were right. engaged in a part of the culture and that you belonged and right and all of that um, mm -hmm. and I suppose you know now I sit quite squarely in the uh, diversity and inclusion space. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I'm glad that um, you found the space for you in which you can fit and also still help people because, you know, like you were saying, we have all these buzzwords, jar jargon words, and uh, what do they really mean? You know, I remember when I first started my podcast, I interviewed this guy because I, I sort of knew him. And he was talking about bias. And I guess I'm just pure ignorant. I had no idea what bias meant. And he kept talking about his jargon words because that's what, what he does in his work. And I finally had to say to him, I says, you know, I'm sorry, but I don't understand what bias is. What is it? And he was kind of like, what? You don't know. <laughs> And um, I, later I went, later I went and um, looked up in the dictionary. Okay, what does this mean? And, oh, it's just an opinion. <laughs> it is, it is. So it's, anyway, it's, it's interesting just about, like you were saying, words that people use to describe what they do. And, and I'm glad that it works for you, that the inclusion is a good thing for you and it works for you so that's great you know but yeah 
And it's interesting because one of the things that, that I find in, in terms of the idealistic hopes and dreams of everybody, right. that when you get into something like bias, bias is just a distraction. It's right. just an irrelevant piece of information that whether true, you know, like when you think about how you believe someone is and your negative thoughts about them or whatever, that is an irrelevant part of decision-making. It's not real in terms of factors, you know, right this minute about that person. You're making some assumptions that are quite uh, dangerous and they're usually done in microseconds. And, and, um, and so inclusion mm -hmm. is one of those places where when you go in and you try to tame or manage bias, mm -hmm. you're talking about something so big, so complex, right infinite numbers of biases that don't come at you one at a time. It's not like you are a woman and you are a race of whichever and you are a, it's like it all comes together and I might really just not hang out with you because you like pizza and I don't. <laughs> so I find that when we get into those moments where we expect perfection, we expect world peace, mm -hmm. we expect, you know, everybody will just get along and and then we'll get to work together. I think we missed the point because um, one of the ideas of that is sort of like a social evolution and the word evolution, just today, I was looking into women in the workplace because one of the biggest diversity issues is women in leadership for a lot of reasons that's necessary. Gender is in every one of them, race, right. sex, all of the have gender so that seems to be the place to use as a lens and in inclusion and more women have left the workplace in covid for you i mean it's probably no surprise right. you know with all of the schooling and the craziness and and the fact that they were already feeling overly judged and had to do their job twice as well and all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. um, but what's so interesting is i was looking at that and how we were going to sort of you know, go backwards in a way. All that we had done from 2015 to 2020 would just leave us and we'd be back a step or five or 10. Um, and the math has us in the next 200 years, if we go at this pace of change. And I thought that is what we're dealing with in the world of inclusion, trying to have this lengthy, tired, long, we got the vote a hundred years ago, at least. <laughs> at least white women, I have to say right. that because it's not everybody, then mm -hmm. we don't have the vote in the boardroom now and they say 200 more years. This is not the way we play the game. So those right. buzzwords are idealistic and hopeful and optimistic and wonderful, but world peace before we work together is an impossibility. Mm -hmm. So my, my, my banking brain kicks right. in mm -hmm. and I think about the idea that you need, as you look at everybody out in the streets protesting injustice, right? Every yeah. single person wants something called justice. Right. Everyone in the workplace, at home, in the police, you yeah. know, to, to the way that we're policed, the way that we're, you know, our politicians. So I think, I think about it and, and I believe that the evolution is something that we're all on, mm -hmm. but if we tear apart the idea of social justice and organizational justice, for example, right. and we stay in that evolutionary state and continue to heal racial divides and mm -hmm. 
continue to find the gender roles that make the most sense and the fluidity and all of that. But if we stay there and wait for that world peace, the system just bangs on. There's another recruiter, you know, another yeah. person recruited in, another promotion, another white middle-aged man makes it to the boardroom. And, and if that's going to happen, then we need to peel them apart, let one be evolutionary, mm -hmm. and then come into the one system, the organizational system, and get revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Say, what are we missing? Well, the banker in me knew that it had to be measurable because mm -hmm. because the organization yeah. is not a human being it's a system of goals to make money or right. to you know save lives if or to whatever the, the the output is or the what you want out of the whatever you're compensated by <laughs> right. in, in your if military or medical yeah. The goal. yeah i think what you need is you need to understand a transparent way to level the playing field inside that system Mm -hmm. And so we were not measuring the diversity of our mindsets, the mm -hmm. diversity of how we all come together and many minds give a better solution. We were just saying, let's all look differently. Right. And that I figured if we could hold over there, you know, put that into the, to the social justice realm, but come into the organization and say, look, how do you work? How do you, what kind of innovator are you? Not can you, but what kind of, what kind right. are you? What kind are you? Let's mix them all around and learn to talk to each other. Right. You begin to reduce the bias because you're talking about a, um, you're, it's less personal. You're not talking about me. You're talking about what I do. You're talking about how I work. And, right. and when we, when we, look at that from a strengths-based way, we can organize a team, no matter what they look like, around their inclusive performance. Mm -hmm. And that means that when I bring in someone mm -hmm. of another race, or you know, if you wanna play out all the intersectionalities, I would bring in a 65-year-old, one-armed, you know, uh, trans male from, you know, whatever it is, all the, the various um, beautiful intersectionalities, right. but I'm bringing that person in because they innovate the way we don't and we right. need that person. Right. So imagine sitting there and thinking, oh my gosh, we've just innovated this next step and the client's loving it. And we're making, you know, more and more and more of whatever widgets we create. And then we look at each other and I say, oh, I didn't know you were gay or I didn't know, <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome <laughs> to like be bonded around what it was we were brought together to do right then and what my clients see is that when that happens when they are organized around the inclusive performance that's not all you do you want right. to get along many other ways right then the I asked the question six months a year 18 months later to my clients and they said you know when when um for example, most recently when the Black Lives Matter protest, it was the white, uh, you know, colleague that yeah. said, let's go. We got to do something about this because they had bonded as people right. around that performance. Right. And that that person the wanted to do something for his colleague. And mm -hmm. that was not a person that would have normally been out on the street doing that. Right. So I think something really important about uh, understanding, not just saying, okay, everybody be nice to everybody, <laughs> but to say, let's see how we can utilize the best of everybody 
to right. get this done. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, by the way, there's some other stuff we might want to know about each other. Right. Now, I, it mm -hmm. just it seems silly now, but that that flip makes a huge difference, you know? Right. Sorry, I went off on my soapbox. So. <laughs> oh, it's good. Soapboxes are good. Soapboxes are good. Well, it's definitely it shows you how passionate you are about it and and uh, how much um, um, uh, empowerment you feel about talking and doing it. You know, I can experience that or feel that from you. So tell us now, since you've given a little bit of history about yourself and you're a former banker. So tell us, how did you get, how did you decide to do into the inclusion and um, that type of thing in the workplace? How did well, you yeah. get in there? It was really interesting because I, I would have maybe a couple of years ago said, well, I went to study this and found out that and learned that, but you know what, really, I have to put it all the way back to my, when I graduated undergrad and I was working in, you know, in the finance world, mm -hmm. um, I found my way to, well, long story short, I ended up going to Russia right after the, you know, wall had come down yeah. and I working in the um in a group of finance uh and accounting people at, at Deloitte and then to Price Waterhouse and we um you know we were sent to Siberia mm -hmm. so I was in my 20s I went to Siberia and and you know I stayed for you, you go for a few weeks they said and it yeah. ended up in three months and then six months and then a year yeah. and then I signed on for three you know one of those but it was fabulous because mm -hmm. it was like we were on an adventure. Mm -hmm. And there were days, let me just say, Siberia is a very <laughs> interesting place to live for a couple of years. But yeah. uh, then I was in Moscow for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say what allowed me to become who I am anyway is, is uh, changing from saying, instead of saying why, I found myself saying why not. Because right. there were no Joneses to keep up with. Right. And so I was whatever I was. And when I took the next step, it was me taking the next step. And sometimes it was hard. Right. I really had a sense of um, true vision about what my next step was going to be. And I wasn't just sort of following the, you know, the sort yeah. of normal trajectory of a entry level person moving to here to there to there to there to there. Mm -hmm. I would make I would something would happen of course there weren't enough people to do everything in Russia it was like well okay why not and okay why not and okay why not and I had this broad understanding of business and people mm -hmm. and I started putting the puzzle pieces together and thinking there's just something really interesting you know 80s to 90s 90s to you know 2000s it, about how people sort of separate their work and their life mm -hmm. as if work is work mm-hmm and you wanted out of that as quickly as possible to get <laughs> into life. And I don't mean yeah. that everybody hated their job, but it yeah. was just an interesting pull. Right. And I, I don't know that I would have seen that had I not let go of the Joneses and been in some crazy, you know, position to say, well, all right, why not? Way too many times because mm -hmm. I got a giant picture really early in my career. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. So when fun. did you come back to North America to kind of, See what you're doing now. 
You know, fairly recently, I, I've I've tried three big times to come back to the states, and and mm. in those periods, I'd be here for you know quite some time and no. go back. I, I split my time most of my adult life between China and Russia, okay. with with some uh, some time that I spent in England. So those three places were really my home mm-hmm. most of my adult life, and I found my way to America in chunks a few months here a few months there a few months there a couple of years and then I tried to make the move but it was very difficult because I had um you know I wasn't really sure how to how to do this in America right because I you know I had not grown up as an adult in the whole space of knowing how how does competition work? What do you do? How do you sell? Because mm-hmm. you know I speak Chinese, so when I stand up, <laughs> whether it was right or not, I didn't really know how to market myself here. Mm-hmm. And it's been quite a journey. It was hard, but I I believe this, this now that I'm here and and really able to tap into my network. I believe I finally did it. I think oh, okay. I'm basing myself in the States now. So yeah, yeah I feel oh, home now. You feel home now. So when's your next adventure? Are you leaving again? <laughs> oh, well, COVID really did me in because yeah. I was so used to traveling. Yeah. I have never gone this long without feeling jet lagged. I, you know, I don't know. I China yeah. and Russia are, would be an interesting place I just don't think that that's in the cards in, in an immediate way right um, England would be of course but honestly I have to say the clients that I'm uh, that I'm working with now are all different sizes and all different views of of diversity and inclusion and mm-hmm. and they have a a can-do spirit about it. Even post-COVID, it's mm-hmm. sort of the, the re-entry is going to be tough. But I think that that this. I don't want to diminish COVID because mm-hmm. it was a really tough, tough time for a lot of people, and I, I don't, you know, yeah. myself included. You've mm-hmm. seen the one-bedroom flat I've been in for a year. <laughs> but I think what happened for me is it just allowed me to sit with um my what i do and put it some of it digitally mm-hmm. put it out there and i can help more people right and when i put together the idea that there were just some resignation it was just like you know this is crazy we might as well think differently <laughs> and more people then i feel like this is just coming to be um a, an amazing spot because mm-hmm. I'm now doing a mastermind on organizational justice where people, I don't have to go into the client and just have this period right. of time with them. I can, I can talk to cohorts of people that want to know more about it and, and sort of guide them through the process of, of finding that, um, that place where inclusion can become a business model, not right. an initiative. Right. I want to be able to predict their business by the diversity that they bring in right that's the only way it'll be sustainable and i can do that with more people here in the states yeah this digital face if you will and and i feel like 
I've just been honored to be with a lot of very, very uh, varied clients, right? Diverse clients that are looking yeah. at it so beautifully, and it's I'm learning a lot from them. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool because you know um, I was doing a business totally different than I'm doing now, but um, it was kind of like okay, uh, time to pivot. What are you gonna do? And um, I was just talking with a, a gal who I used to work with um, a long time ago when I started hard at work. And um, she's, and I just said to her, yeah, I just said, it's time to go back to kindness business. <laughs> and, and so it was just kind of funny. And she says, yeah, isn't it one of those businesses that you just kind of go back to it always speaking to you. And um, I said, yeah, I don't know what, some days I don't know what it really looks like and what I'm doing, but you know, I get to have the opportunity to pivot. I get to have the opportunity of having conversations with so many people, especially with the podcast, you know, to talk to people and listen to them and see where, how they are landed now. Like, and do they regret, you know, being had to pivot or do they regret or what did they change in their business so that it still flourishes for them? You know, so there's, there's so many interesting things, you know, so um, for me, it's just, I always like meeting people and I've always been a good networker. So I'm just doing it differently. I'm doing online one-on-one, -on -one, you know, and, um, I do the conferences too, but they're all virtual, you know, as well. So, you know, it's, it's sort of just learning to find out what you like, what would you really like to do and just do it. Like you were saying, not why, but why not, you know? And I think you're like me, because when I hear you tell that story, what I love about it is that it never goes away from you. The right. hard at work, you know, which I think is a great, that phrase, just, I love it because hard at work and heart at work, just, it's like, it's got that beautiful pivot in, you know, right. how it, how it's said. But I think what's so interesting, a lot of people have said, oh my gosh, you, you were, do you hate that you were a banker? Do you look back and regret it? You were a banker. And I think I didn't forget banking. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I couldn't hold my own if I went into the field right now. But I, yeah. you know, I know I have a business acumen right. around my behavioral, you know, sense of mm -hmm. this. And I think what what I do is I just I just add. It's like it's like a confluence of everything. And right. I think that it, you know the way that you tell your story. It sounds like it's never not with you and mm -hmm. it hits you and and it's a confluence of everything that you experience even when you're not focusing directly on that yeah still in the back of your mind you, you keep the peep the pieces of the puzzle together you know right well it's just like you you know your backing your uh banking background uh, has an influence on you on how you present and how you can actually help people but you're just using a different tool set or a different viewpoint uh, about have, being more inclusive at work, you know, or how can you incorporate that? Absolutely. And with your um, take on it as legacy, yeah. I think what's interesting is um, everyone has a confluence of mm -hmm. whatever. It's, it's what you studied, what you lived, who you are, what your family taught you, what your friends know about you and taught you. Yeah. And what ends up happening is if you don't give the gift that you're supposed to give the world, the legacy, yeah, you will. Yeah. 
you know? And so I don't think that it's, you know, the banking side of me is a mm -hmm. wonderful thing, but I don't think that makes me, you know, superior to some other person. Right. It just makes me me. And I think they have some other confluence of, you know, their uh, legal side and, mm -hmm. you know, corporate side together, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be two industries. It's, right. you know, the, the different you know, backgrounds. My mother, a, my mother was a musician, is a musician and my father was a, a an accountant. Right. So the idea of that everyone's, everyone's gift together is what, you know, mm -hmm. the legacy has to go on. So right. I, I think it'd be terrible if someone didn't give their gift. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So who, what kind of clients do you, you have some stories or something of clients you've worked with and some challenges you've had to overcome with them? Yeah, lots, <laughs> lots. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was talking about this the other day and um, I was speaking to a group of people that were talking about racial healing. And I don't, I don't always go into what I call the depth of the diversity, right. you know, I mean, gender maybe because I can speak to the women, uh, you know, women's organizations and things like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, because when I was in China, it was the Japanese and Chinese, you know, there were very different racial just, uh, uh, conversations going on. And so when I came back to the United States and saw that these conversations were going on, I was obviously, I cared quite a lot. And right. I'm also not, you know, uh, yeah. able to understand the, the Black community as much as I wish I could. The interesting thing for me was that I was hearing the pain in a very different way, you know, how they had uh, felt and what, and, you know, whether it be anger or upset or disappointment and, and then some beautiful, lovely emotions as well, but this combination of all of that. And I was so lucky to be there because I heard all of that and realized that in, especially in the United States, maybe, mm -hmm. um, there's an emotionality to so much of everyone's identity, mm -hmm. right? So whether it's race or or the LGBT community, sorry, LGBTQ community, yeah, any of that um, uh, part of of your life that that has had whatever amount of pain mm -hmm. that makes you ex feel make you makes you feel excluded rather than right. included. Um, is is very, very important to understand and to heal and to come together. And that's that whole evolutionary thing. But I don't think I was ready for the emotionality around okay. it. I understood the stories that I heard, or I shouldn't say understood, but I heard and, and yeah. absorbed and, you know, took in all the stories that I heard. And the emotionality was so amazingly heavy. Hmm. And... Um, I, I just feel so, um, there were times when I felt burdened by that and mm. I should have felt burdened by that because, you know, I want to, yeah. I want to help. What I think I find with my clients is when you think about the person inside of the organization, mm -hmm. they're dealing with the Me Too movement and the Black Lives Matter and the Asian violence and all of that. It's not, there's not just one. Right. All of the people are coming out from the streets into the office building with their souls crushed. Right. 
And it, it really was an amazing thing for me to realize how deeply that went. So one of the things that, um, that I talk about when I, when I go into my clients is just how to do what I said, how to separate the idea of the, what, what is in control of your right. program and what is not. Right. So you can transparently have those conversations and go as far and as deep and as, you know, careful as you possibly can, but then to say, and this is how we're going to take the next step. It's, it's a right. big lesson about moving forward. Right. So I've found a really good home for my mindset diversity, because if you think about, I think back to, you know, what my grandmother might've told me, you know, yeah. if you go to the playground and you see a child that's different than you, she'd say, well, find a game you can both play, right? Yeah. So I'm going into these organizations and I'm saying, yes, there's pain and yes, you need to talk about it. And yes, you need to have these big, bold conversations. And in the meantime, come in and do the, the mindset diversity, organize everybody around the one thing they all have in common. Right. Work. And, and it starts to settle down. Mm -hmm. So emotionality was a giant, it didn't even matter the size of the company. Yeah. A small company of 50 people, a giant company of 100,000 people. Right. It's there yeah. to whatever level and it, it hurt. Mm -hmm. So it, it really struck me, you know? <laughs> really struck me so i i have had a hard time in covid uh you know for uh, different reasons than you and different right. reasons than someone else but but i find that uh it's sort of if you tack on top of the emotionality the covid re-entry mm -hmm. it's gonna be really really tough right and i want to i want to be ready for that mm -hmm. because the shock when i first got here right Right. Yeah. And I'm sure that um, many companies will love to have your support and understanding and helping them um, direct the traffic, if you will, uh, yeah. to uh, incorporate. They know what they have to do, but they just don't know how. And so it's so great that you are available to help them um, to put it all together, you know. It's Pleasure to do. Like each, each person is a piece of puzzle, right? And you have to put exactly. it together. Yeah. Exactly. And I think we, we cannot separate the idea that there's right. major pressure that people are under. And then there's also the diversity program. Right. It's not as if they're separate because they're in the hearts and minds of the people. Right. So as you're going about your diversity and inclusion efforts, you're also mitigating pressure. You're right. also trying to get the work done. You're also trying to get, you know, engagement up. You're also right. trying to get whatever. So you can't separate all of the different HR initiatives and pretend you're focusing on culture. Yeah. <laughs> It's all in the hearts and minds of the yeah. one person, which is why I think inclusion is touches it all, right? Mm -hmm. And so I I think of I sort of shape the you know how the org chart usually looks like a, a bunch of lines that go yeah. from top to bottom. I sort of think of diversity and inclusion together. Yeah. I call it inclusive diversity. I flip right. it. I believe that is leadership, that is culture, that is engagement, that is, there's an element of each one of the pieces of the team that mm -hmm. you're building 
everything that goes through the lens of inclusive diversity. Right. So it makes my, it, you were talking about the, the clients that I could help. When I started putting things on digital and doing the masterminds, yeah. it dawned on me that there was a way if we used it as a lens to make everything simpler. Right. Doesn't make it easy. Doesn't make it quick all the time. Yeah. It makes it simpler. You right. know, you're taking this step and then you're taking that step mm -hmm. and that's what you're meant to get out of that. And then yeah. you're taking this step and it's, it's a measurable and meaningful path that is just simple. And right now we need simple. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think people are pretty overwhelmed and burnt out. And so the simpler things are for people to embrace or um, willing to experience or jump into, right? Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. hard. Everybody's having a hard time. And it's right. not as if the, the diversity leader, mm -hmm. it, you know, they're not, they're not having, they're not skipping down the aisle, you know, to the, <laughs> you know, and so. I want, I want for everyone, it just to be a little simpler. And I think with some transparency and a little bit of this, this one set of extra quick survey measures, what ends up happening is people have their own language to pivot, their own language to mitigate stress, their right. own language to be inclusive so that it's no one person's responsibility to herd the cats into the right. basket, you know? And I think that it, it has to, uh, it, it has to Includes be everybody. Oh, and it has to be imperfect and human and intentional and impactful. And we need to be able to pivot in and out of our behavioral stuff. Too, right. 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 Yeah. We all have changes to make. Huge. And, and we're all, I mean, what is it? There's a bunch of quotes where they say, you know, assume everybody, you can't assume that that person, you don't know what they've been through in their yeah. life or yesterday or this morning. So, um, yeah. you know, be kind, which yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Just be nice to somebody. You never know what they've gone through or going through at that moment in time. Yeah. 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 So tell us a little bit how, um, uh, if they want to work with you and who, what kind of people do you like to work with? I, well, I love people. And so it would be hard to find somebody that I didn't enjoy. I think the, the person that just, you know, I can't get enough of is yeah. the person that is open mm -hmm. to, um, I was about to say, to say, why not? Right. Yeah. <laughs> the person that is open to, um, moving out of out of the the buzzword bingo that we're playing you know like okay. like it it's hard sometimes because mm -hmm. you know we we get we might get paid to send 30 people to leadership training and that's a lovely thing but if somebody can step outside of their role and look at it and and give it just a real you know is this working kind of you yeah. know a uh, couple questions um, then I think it's fun to explore just at the mm -hmm. edges of some of that. So I, I do really appreciate somebody who's open. Uh, and I also appreciate leaders who, um, who want to be a part of it. 
-hmm. you know, they don't just delegate it down to HR and say, it's your responsibility because bless their hearts, they cannot do it alone. Mm -hmm. They can, can get, you know, their activities, they can't do it alone. So I really enjoy the open, uh, collaborative kind of, of cultures. Mm -hmm. But these days, it's really, really hard to find people that are, you know, that can, can stay there for long. So, you know, I, I am so willing to help anyone that needs it. And right. we'll get there together. Right. right. So cool. So cool. So it's been great chatting with you, Pam, and I enjoyed our conversations and your passion and your excitement for what you do. So um, I know that that in itself is creating an impactful legacy. And so thank you for sharing yours. And um, look forward to chatting with you again another time. Really Maybe we'll do another podcast another time. Catch oh, up, Let's find well, out where you are now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because after COVID, who knows what'll happen yeah. when I leave yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay, well, thank you for joining me today. And um, I know if anybody has any questions, they can reach out to you on uh, podcast.hardatworkonline.org and uh, your page will be there and they can reach out to you there. And um, also um, below the video, they'll find more information about you, Pam, as well. I love your last name, Tea Garden. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, thank you. It was, that was peaceful. <laughs> it was so great when I was seven because you tea tea in your garden until you're about nine. Yeah. And okay. But uh, no, I hope on the page as well. I've I've offered everyone an ebook on what organizational justice is. I hope anyone that wants yeah. to will read that. But what a pleasure to meet you and to be yeah. a part of this. Thank you for having me. No, yeah, you're so welcome, Pam. You're so welcome. Okay, take care. And uh, in final notes, um, always be kind to each other because that's all we have is each other. Okay, thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye, thanks.